Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and I realized just before I started this that I have a bit of a theme running through the show today, and that's sew-alongs. So my first guest is a quilt maker who joined me with my grandma's kitchen sew-along. She is Jen DeYoung, and she actually has a website out there that she writes on, deyoungdreamhouse.com. And uh, Jen joined my sew-along at my Facebook group but I got to know her and she did some incredible things that I think everybody should hear about. Jen, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Uh, you know, when I think you had a following like very quickly because you're a very good writer and you <laughs> yeah, and you told me you are a writer, so you have done that as part yes. of part of your life and it really does show. Uh, how long have you been quilting? <laughs> Um, I started quilting in 2013. Oh, okay. So, you know, a little bit. You've got some experience. And, and one of the things that I love, Jen, is you've been counting how many quilts you've made. Why did you do that? Yes. <laughs> um, I think I started, it's um, a sense of accomplishment. Um, I, I, I mentioned that um, in my former life, I was a writer, but I sustained a brain injury. And you know, then I wasn't really doing a whole lot. So when I started quilting, every time I finished a quilt, it was like, yay, I did something. Yeah. I have something to show for my time. Well, that's really neat that you, did you do the website prior to, you know, did you start writing about things prior to quilting or was that built for something else? Yeah, the name of the of our blog is The Young Dream House and I started it when we actually built our home. Okay. So it, it started out about building the house, and now it's about living in the house and mostly oh. quilting. Yeah, oh, and mostly quilting. Yeah, that's, that is just so cool. <laughs> so the theme that I did, uh, Jen, was Grandma's Kitchen, and pretty much these mm-hmm. Wednesday sew-alongs I've been running, I've picked a theme, and I've told a personal story to go with each block. Like, the block isn't necessarily a picture, but it's a personal story. When you saw that theme, did it sort of click with you? It really did. Um, my amazing grandma Ann passed away in 2014, and when she passed, I was a new quilter. You know, probably less than a year, I think. And so I knew that I wanted to do something with her with her clothes, but I wasn't uh, confident enough yet. So they just kind of sat in a box staring at me and challenging me. So <laughs> when I saw your so along, I'm like, okay, this is the kick in the pants I need to get started. Yeah. So the the interesting part that you did is at at some point when you were sort of looking at the stories, you thought about your family. Did did you decide right away you were going to include your whole like entire family in this project? <laughs> um, I started out, and it was something where I not all of my uh, sisters, my um, aunts and my mom are on Facebook. So I just sent out a group text saying, hey, I'm doing this quilt along, and I want to do it about Grandma's life, not just her kitchen, but, you know, her whole life. And, you know, do some ideas or some stories or some pictures to kind of, you know, get me started. 
And so then they wanted to see each block, of course. And then after a while, they started fighting amongst themselves about who was actually going to get this quilt, if it was going to be, you know, passed around. And so when we were at about maybe block 16, 15, somewhere in there, I decided I was going to be crazy enough to make one for everyone. Oh, my goodness. That is you know, okay, we're going to talk about that in a second, but I want to go step back one step because I know when I was thinking about stories, I wrote my mother and I would say, mom, you know, what, what did they do here? What did your grandma do? What, you know, um, did you start out with that, with your family wanting to get like more information about your grandmother? Yeah, I had, I had a lot of things. I had a really cool experience. Um, my mom lived close to my grandma until almost the last year or so of her life. And we were actually visiting when my grandma went to the hospital. That was the last time that she was in the house. So while she was in the hospital, I had the opportunity to go around the house. And I just took pictures of everything because with my brain injury, I don't have a great memory. But I wanted to be able to picture, you know, what her house looked like and where her photos were hung and just, you know, pictures of her kitchen and what it looked like. And so... When we started the project, I had these actual pictures to look at, and it triggered a lot of memories. How did you keep track of, you know, what you were doing? Did you just sort of do the project, or did you you wrote about it somewhat? I did. Um, at the very beginning, I knew that, like I said, I knew that it was going to be about her whole life and not just mm-hmm. her kitchen. So I wrote down... All of these things, like, um, you know, she loved Betty Boop, so there had to be Betty Boop somewhere in there. And, um, <laughs> just all these, you know, just things that make you think of, of Grandma. So I made this list, and then every time a block was revealed, then I would write, I would show your block mm-hmm. and, you know, what your memory was, and then... I would relate that to my grandma and give a story. And then my mom and my aunts were really great about sending me pictures or adding to what I had. And I posted it in a blog post. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was fabulous because I encourage people to make it their story because not everything is going to relate to everybody. And what what example were you related and in, in, in a different level at, for the same thing as mine, uh, Jen, was the telephone. Uh, because for my yeah. My what my one grandma, the the not the not the the fully not modern one, uh, Nana. She <laughs> worked for the Bell Telephone Company, and so I needed a telephone. But you also put the phone. What is your story for your phone? So for my phone, well, first of all, I didn't use a rotary phone because right. I'm a little younger, so yeah. I had the touch phone. <laughs> it wasn't a cell phone, but it was a touch phone that I um, made, that I applied. And then the thing that my grandma always said when somebody called was hi doll. That was always her name that she would call everyone. So I used um, my silhouette and I cut out the words hi doll along with my phone. Yeah, it is fabulous. Just to let everybody know that I will link on my uh, post about this on show day to the actual last post that you did, Jen, so that they can sort of go backwards from there. Um, Yeah. You know, and take a look. Because the other thing is that sometimes, you know, if I had a block that, you know, didn't speak to people, you know, it might be that, you know, 
there was something about game shows, you know, because my other grandma, my half a modern ga- grandma, really liked game shows a lot, and she and I would watch them when I was in college. Well, you know, that may have not related to everybody. What was the one that you did that you had a really fun <laughs> story? So the peppermint swirls block that you did was about a favorite candy. And um, my grandma's favorite candy was turtle, you know, the caramel and the pretzel and the chocolate. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> so turtles are an animal, which made me think of a story of one year my aunt and my aunt and my mom didn't know what to give grandma for Mother's Day. So they all pulled together and got a sponsorship at the Minnesota Zoo. And so the animal that they chose was a wandering, whistling duck. And my grandma hated it. (laughs) She said, what am I going to do with a duck? Tell everyone I've got a duck. So we teased her about it for the rest of her life. So my my snack, Peppermint Swirl Block, is an applique wandering, whistling duck with the Minnesota Zoo logo. Oh, my goodness. You know, I just love how personal you made it. It is just so fun. Uh, how many quilts did you end up making? I made six. Oh, my goodness. So one for me, one for my mom, and one for my four aunts. Oh, my goodness. And you used um, your grandmother's name, and you put her um, her her dates of her birth and her, her passing on yeah. the quilt. Yes. Yeah. So what did, did did they know you were making them one? No, and it was it was really fun because I was on vacation with my mom and my aunt, and um, we were a couple of months into it. And the, again, I said they were all fighting over who was going to yeah. get it, and I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to make one for everyone. So my mom and my aunt, my youngest aunt knew, but nobody else did. Ah. So when I got them all done, I mailed them all out on the same day. But the first one arrived at my oldest aunt, whose name was Anne. Yeah. So my mom was calling her, and she had me on mute. So I got to hear her. And she said, oh, I sent you something. There's a package. And she's dawdling. She's taking her time. And I want, you know, dying on the other end, being silent. So she opens it up, and she just starts bawling because she's like, why do I get it? Why do I get it? And we said, um, we told her, you know, it's because you're the namesake and you're the oldest. And she's like, I can't believe you did this. And then the next day, the other sisters got theirs. Oh. And my one aunt was working. And um, so I sent them, they live close, so I sent them both to the same address. Yeah. So the one aunt says, we got a package from Jen. And my other aunt said, you can't open it yet. So oh, no. it was really fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> they were so surprised. And it was wonderful. Oh my! You know that is just a spectacular project um, for you to to work through. What number quilts were those? Those were the one for me was number one hundred. Oh, cool! And the Yay. next ones were one hundred one through one hundred five. Yeah, I had a couple that I was all going to finish. I said, "Oh, this has to be one hundred. Right, right. Finish something in between, so it would be one hundred, right? Or stall. Oh, that is so cool. Oh my goodness! So you do write um, about about your quilt making and things on your website. Can you um, just uh, say that you know spell the name out for everybody? Yeah, it's a Dutch name, so it's D E J O N G. Dream, D-R-E-A-M, house, H-O-U-S-E dot com. Yeah. 
that's perfect. And it's very easy to, to find it and follow your writing, which is so fun. You can really tell that you're, <laughs> you're a very good writer, Jen. I just, no, I just thank love, you. thank you for taking the time to do this with me. I appreciate it. Oh, well, I love being able to talk to you, and I've admired you from afar for a long time, so this is, this is a hoot for me, too. Ah, well, good. Everybody say bye to Jen. She's got to go pick up her boy from school, and uh, we are going to take a break, and we'll be back in a few minutes uh, here at my podcast. Six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects, but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan and continuing on sort of a little mini uh, underneath theme of Quilt Alongs. This is how I first started following my next guest, who is Melanie Call of A Bit of Scrap Stuff blog. And I just, um, I love her sort of tagline. And Melanie, uh, welcome to the show because, you know, I think I need to get you a t-shirt with... uh, (laughs) With your tagline, pharmacist by day, quilt and fabric addict by night. It's like, you might have that only one, just you. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be super special, then I would love it. Yes, yes, yes. So um, you are writing out on your website uh, about your quilt adventures, but you work with a lot of different um, people, a lot of different companies, a lot of different designers, do you remember when you first started uh, making quilts? Yeah, so I first started probably about like 14, 15 years ago. So before I had kids, it was just my husband and I, and I had this group of um, of crafty friends, mm. and we would try all sorts of crafts. So we did bead making, we did knitting, we did sewing, we did like cooking adventures. It was pretty much like, this is what we did because this was before we had social media. So there wasn't Mm -hmm. texting. So we actually had to get together in person. (laughs) (laughs) I know, totally weird. And so we tried different things. And the one that stuck for me was sewing. I loved it. So I went to Costco, got your basic $100 machine and off I went. (laughs) 
Okay. When did you decide to start writing about what you were doing? Um, I probably just started writing about it probably about the past two to three years. Um, it used to just be my own my own little private thing that I enjoyed, and then mm-hmm. I found that there's a whole community out there, which is mm-hmm. great. It's I love having support and inspiration from other sewers and quilters. So I thought, hey, I'm going to start a blog. And then plus that's also how I kind of got out there for working with other like fabric designers and fabric companies and and stores is because they want to need to show what I made with their products. So I thought, oh, this works out. (laughs) Now, was your your website um, scrap having to do with um, fabric or did you sort of have that prior when you were doing your other crafts? Um, I actually had it prior, so mm-hmm. so uh, so like fabricing or quilting that started, like I said, about fourteen, fifteen years ago, and then I did it on and off, and then I really got into scrapbooking. So when I had yeah. my first baby, you know, they're adorable. I take a million photos, and yeah. so you have to document every like minute of their, you know, of their life. Yeah. So I really got into scrapbooking. So I actually did that and did that on a couple of, I guess, what um. Oh, design teams. So mm-hmm. I had my blog for that, a bit of scrap stuff like scrapbooking. Yeah. And then as I realized my children are going to have a billion scrapbooks and um, <laughs> and where am I going to store all these things, I kind of got burned out and switched to, to like digital scrapbooking. And then I picked back up my sewing machine again and have not yeah. looked back. So, so I switched it over to sewing and it works out great because I like scrap sewing. So I didn't have to do anything but just kind of changed my blog header and go from there. Yeah, perfect. It worked perfect. Uh, you know, I was, I've seen you, you're, so, you know, sewing along with, you know, most currently we're both doing the um, Clementine for St. Jude's, uh, the charity yeah. quilt sew along with the Fat Quarter Shop and Moda Fabrics. And so um, that made me think, hey, you know, I've been wilding you a long time. Uh, we need to talk. So what, um, <laughs> what do you, yeah, what do you like about doing these kinds? of sew-alongs? Um, I love doing sew-alongs because I love the interaction I get with other sewists and quilters. It's fun to see, like, we all may have the same pattern, even the same fabric, but we make it our own and make it look different. So it's just fun to be part of that community. Um, the one with Fat Quarter Shop and Moda is special because it helps to raise awareness and, 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 and it's a fundraiser with mm-hmm. Jude, which I love that. So I like being a part of that and helping others. Yeah, it it always is always nice when there's an additional thing besides, you know, maybe working with the designer that, you know, gets you. I, I like the charity projects, too. They just are yes, really. Yes, I love that. So when you're doing some of the projects, uh, do you pick your own fabrics or just like a fabric pl- uh, company say, hey, here's some things or designer say, here's some of my collection. Can you play around with it and showcase it? How does it work? It's a little of both. So it, it, it kind of depends who I'm sewing for and how it works. So right now I do a lot with Amanda Herring and her new cook. Um, so, so when I work with Amanda, I get her fabric sent to me, and I can pretty much do what I want with it, which is kind of fun. I can sew what I want. I can share my projects. So that's really fun. So in her case, it's I get the fabric, and I pick my projects. Um, when I do fat quarter shop, it's pretty much the opposite. They're like, oh, we have this pattern we want you to do. Go ahead and choose your own fabric as long as we carry it. Right. So, um, so it's kind of the opposite. And then, and then like with adorn it, I use their fabric. 
any pattern I want. And then, like, with Fort Worth Fabric Studio, it's kind of a mix of both. So I like that with Fort Worth. Um, I work with the owner, Jody, and she lets me kind of look at their upcoming fabric they're getting in, patterns, we chit-chat, and then we come up with projects. So a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is nice because it's, then it doesn't get boring, right? Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not boring, and I can kind of pick and choose what I want to sell at the time, which is great. Right, because you have to fit it into your life, you know, because you have – you really are a pharmacist, you know, so you have a job yeah, that you go to every day. <laughs> you're, at, you're at lunch hour right now while we're talking. Uh, and then, exactly. you know, so you have, you have children that need, you know, need moms Mom to do time. things. <laughs> so how do you fit it in? Um, so I, I just kind of do a little bit every day. So, um, so I, I love fabric, and so my kids call it, like, mom's fabricing time. And fabricing oh. time consists of, yeah, so, so that's their, like, word that they've coined for my, for my fabricing time. And yeah. that can be cutting fabric, sewing fabric, ironing, or just, you know, looking at it. so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just do a little bit each day. It really adds up. Those, like, 15, 20 minutes here and there, you can get a lot done. So, like, this morning I got up just a little bit earlier, and I cut up, and, and so I have a quilt I need to bind. I cut the binding up this morning before I went, you know, got ready for yeah. work. And so it's just a matter of you can't expect that you're going to have two to three hours a day to sit and sew, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And so just taking advantage of a small amount of times, whether it's cutting out one block, sewing one block together, and just finding it when you can. And it makes a big difference. Yeah, that is an excellent idea. I think people feel like they can't do something unless they have three hours. And it just, then they do nothing. When they could have done something in 10 minutes, gotten a little something done. It's excellent advice. Um, You also do a lot of really gorgeous uh, photos, Melanie. Uh, Did, you know, is that like a hobby? Do you have a background in photography? Um, No background, um, (laughs) Not really a hobby. It's one of those things I've just kind of had to learn to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so I get a lot of inspiration from checking out other Instagram posts and other styling ideas, and I'm like, oh, I like how they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate I live in a beautiful area with lots of trees, lots of parks, so I have a lot of photo ops for that. Mm-hmm. Um, my my photography team actually consists of my three kids. So I look like that crazy lady at the park. So how it usually goes is I'm holding up the quilt and then my nine-year-old is actually, he's taking the photo. So I take the photo first. And so he can see in the screen, like what I want it to look like and I point where I want the quilt. So he has an idea and then he literally takes hundreds because He's nine and they get blurry and only Photoshop can fix so much. And so, and then my 11 year old is chasing my four year old around trying to get her not in the quilt photo because she loves her photo taken, unlike my boys. Oh. And so, yeah, I'm that, so I'm that crazy lady at the park. So, um, recently my 11 year old has hit five feet, which is crazy. So oh. now my smaller quilt, he can actually hold up for me and I can mm. take the picture, which goes a lot faster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're making that like, Fun transition now. <laughs> right, right. So mom could take the pictures. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, they weren't tall enough to hold the quilt. Yeah, they weren't tall the enough. Uh-huh. Oh, you need taller yeah. assistance. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It never occurred to me. Uh, that's like, that is, that's a riot. So what, um, what type of fabric do you like? 
What sort of you go oh. to kind of, you know, so, gravitate so towards? Gravitate. So I like, um, so I like probably the traditional modern take fabric. So I like to look at the fabric and I like it to make me feel happy inside. If I feel happy, that's the fabric I'm going to go for. Um, when I got back into fabric and like, I guess kind of like name brand designer fabric, it was, it was Bonnie and Camille. I love their fabric. I love the florals. I love the colors. It just, it just makes me happy. So I discovered them back when they did the original Ruby. And since then, I have bought every collection that they have come out with, and that's probably my biggest stash is is my Bonnie Camille collection. I joke it could be my kids' college fund if if <laughs> if, if so desired. Um, so that's probably my big one. Um, and then now that I work with Amanda Herring, I love her fabric as well. Um, her new collection, Hello Lovely, is perfect for me. It has pink and turquoise and flowers and dots and I don't know, it just makes me happy. Um, I like neutrals, too. So every once in a while, I'll kind of go a little different one and do just, like, all the volume or grays and blacks. Um, my house is pretty neutral theme, so my husband and my boys kind of like the more neutral quills. But my daughter's all about pink and unicorns, so then I get to do the fun girly. <laughs> the, the fun girly stuff, too. So um, pretty much, you know, I have kind of a – a wide variety, but probably the happier, mm-hmm. like, girly prints are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the um, project for Amanda Herring's Sew Along where yeah. you did the pouch and you put the flower on uh-huh. it. And I loved that you put it on this sort of great big polka dot uh, background, yeah. which is just darling. Uh, it was such a – it's so effective. You have a great um, way of mixing the fabrics. I think that's where – you know, like I'm always like want to go see what you did. What'd she do? Oh, What'd well, she do thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I love fabric. What can I say? <laughs> I think right. we all do. <laughs> right, right. And I think when um, one of the interesting parts is when people uh, are trying to figure out what to do is to go around and look at people's blogs, look at their Instagram or their Facebook and see what are they making because it gives them ideas of what to do. Exactly. I I love the inspiration out there right now. There is so much of it, whether it's blogs or magazines and Instagram. And I'm still a book fan, so I'm I'm still the girl that like loves the quilting books. And I have them mm-hmm. like on my bookshelf and I read them. So um, yeah, the inspiration is awesome. Yeah, you know this has been so much fun, Melanie. Uh, what is your Instagram name for for people? So my Instagram is just MelliRC, um, so it's M-E-L-L-I-E-R-C. Okay, and she, you can find yeah. her website is abitofscrapstuff.blogpost.com. And uh, how often do you write there? Um, usually about once a week I'll have a, a new post up, sometimes okay. like twice a week. So it, it just varies. Um, you, so I, I did add an email option so you can sign up by email and have the post emailed to you. I figured that out. I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I figured out how to do that, it you know, or you great. can follow like with blog loving. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Melanie, for being here. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Jody Sanders, Group Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcase. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and we have just another fun guest that I met actually through Sew Alongs, and that is Holly Ann Knight of String and Story. So, Holly Ann, uh, I love your name. Thank you for being here. I am so glad to be here, Pat. Thanks for having me. You know, String and Story, how did you come up with that? I just think it's it's really cute. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, my friend, who's also my designer, and I kicked it around for a long time and eventually arrived at it um, because I feel like it captures well what we do with quilting, but also communicates that every quilt has a story. Um, it has a meaning behind it. Yeah, I, I like that part. That's I like the story part. I think that's why I do a talk <laughs> show. That's right. <laughs> I, I think so, you're probably right. You know, we I actually met you on Instagram, I think, because uh, you were yeah. doing one of my sew-alongs, and then I, you know, started it was a following. Great oh, thank you. I started following what you were doing, and you have a couple of things that I think would be really interesting to share with people. And one of them, we have a mutual friend who said, you need to talk to Holly Ann about um, her charity work that she's doing. And I thought, you know, I really do. Let me find out what that is. So what, what yeah. let's just do a couple minutes about the charity work that you, um, your charity project that you run. Absolutely. So Quilts for Cure is a 501c3 nonprofit that raises awareness about childhood cancer and makes quilts with kids for cancer. And I started it a couple of years ago um, in honor of a student that I had that died from Ewing sarcoma, which is a bone cancer. Um, and she was very creative and very joyful, and those things just fit so well with quilting. And I thought this would be a great way to honor her entirely too short life. Yeah. What was her name? Kylie. Kylie, Kylie. Myers, um, yeah. known as Miley Kylie, because she was always okay. Miley. <laughs> oh. So how does your um, – your, are, are you making – quilts that you raise funds or are you making quilts to give to families what is the actual uh, process yeah so the quilts themselves go to the kids um and the biggest thing we do each year is the um operation smiley block drive every spring right around kylie's birthday mm. and this year we set a goal to have enough quilts to make six or enough blocks to make 16 quilts 
And I think we're getting close to 30 quilts. It has really um, taken off, and it's only our second time doing it, so that's really exciting. Um, and then we fundraise to help uh, pay for the cost of materials and shipping. Um, shipping is a big expense because we work with quilters all over the United States who help put these quilts together um, and get them quilted and bound and back to me to be distributed. So it's a lot of work and a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a large um, sort of project. You know, it's a lot of organization um, to have all that help. Do you do all that yourself? Yes. Right now, I am kind of the primary person who's taking things in and sending them back out. Um, I definitely recognize that we have a long way to go and how we can scale this long term. Um, but I have a really wonderful quilting community that helps uh, support um, a lot of folks in my Facebook group help with the quilting and with all the work for that. So it's, it's a group effort for sure. That's good. It's always good to have, um, you know, quilters love to help. You know, this is right up their mm-hmm. alley to do something uh, for charity. So it's awesome to build your, your community that way. Um, you know, you've been doing a lot of teaching. A lot of it is online. Tell yeah, me a little bit I about do. what you have going on in that area of teaching. Yeah, so I primarily teach free motion quilting on your domestic machine. I'm hoping to be teaching long arming soon, but for now, mostly focusing on the domestic. Um, and a lot of my students are the folks who help with quilting the Operation Smiley Quilt, because it's a great opportunity for them to practice their free motion quilting skills. Um, so this spring, the classes have been hosted on Facebook, but we're in the process of migrating everything um, to a new platform so that students can purchase the class one time and have it on demand forever. And it's very exciting. I'm very excited about it. Ah, so free motion quilting is your thing. That's what you love to teach. Do you it's also my thing. Is your thing, yeah. <laughs> do you also um, do that for a business? Do you quilt for other people? A little bit, um, but I do less long-arming for others and more teaching. I, the teaching is what I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and so while I enjoy, obviously enjoy the quilting part, um, I prefer the, the majority of my time to be helping others to quilt their own quilts because I really believe that everyone can learn to quilt any quilt exactly how they want it quilted, no matter how custom it is in their head. Um, it's just a matter of practice. And time and time again, I'm amazed at watching my students and how just getting behind their machine, even just 15 minutes a day, will mm-hmm. add up so quickly, so quickly. I I just love that, how to get what's in your head out. Because, yeah, we all have Mm -hmm. very fancy things in our head. and uh, (laughs) It's so true. Yeah, it's like super fancy. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be able to teach someone how to interpret that because that's what you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. How to put it down. So is your background in teaching? I studied teaching um, at college, and then I was a nanny briefly. Well, I was a nanny through high school, but went back to nannying briefly after college. And then we had kids. So I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. So I never actually made it all the way into the classroom. Um, But I had done some teacher's assistant work in high school. That's actually how I met Kylie. And knew that teaching was my passion. I just wasn't really sure how it was going to get used. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes we find things later that it's like okay well now I'm using what I really want to do it's mm-hmm. it's just a, it isn't the traditional use that I thought it would be um 
Exactly, exactly. I thought I was going to be a middle school English teacher and oh. I was a free motion school teacher. Right. But it worked great. <laughs> it does. So when did you first um, do a sew along yourself or, you know, like get involved in something uh, online like that? In terms of hosting it or participating? Participating. Like when did you uh, yeah. participate in oh. the first one? Or maybe what was it, if you don't remember when, if you remember what it was. Yours might have actually been my first actual sew-along, but I stuck with a good portion of it. Oh. Um, the Grandmother's Kitchen blocks last fall. And since then, I would say that my passion for them has grown. I think I started out thinking that it was, um, I don't know, like better, better is such a terrible word. I don't know. I wanted to try to go it on my own without patterns for a good long while. Right. I tried my hand at improv and very quickly realized that's really not my jam. Yeah. Um, I do it occasionally, but not with any regularity. And especially with this whole idea of wanting my quilts to have stories, the, the mm-hmm. improv side of things wasn't, um, or even the going it on my own side of things wasn't expressing stories the way I wanted them to. Mm. Um, and that's part of what really grabbed me about the grandmother's kitchen so along last fall was I was really close with my grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, and she died from Alzheimer's when I was a senior in high school. And my mom, it's interesting. I think my mom and I talk about her more and more as time goes by and had been telling a lot of stories about her to each other last summer. Mm. So I actually made the grandmother's kitchen quilt for my mom for Christmas and wrote a journal full of stories about her as a grandmother to my children and about Mm. her mother, who was my grandmother, um, and gave that to her for Christmas last year. And she's surprised. she was because she knew I was making a quilt. Yeah, she knew I was making a quilt for my dad. Oh. Um, but I kept hers off of social pretty much until yeah. right up at Christmas time. So she was actually like really anxious because she thought my dad was going to get a quilt and she wasn't. Oh, and her feelings were kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah. So when she opened her quilt, she was very excited. Oh, the surprises are the best, aren't they? It is. It is. And I, I hate being surprised, but I love surprising <laughs> other people. <laughs> Okay, well, note that down. Holly Ann, no surprises. Yeah, you know. Uh, there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I might cry. You... <laughs> I don't handle it well. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had very many surprises. I'm putting that out there in the universe as I'm saying this. Going, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, yeah, I, people are going to be, like, aiming to surprise you now. <laughs> I know. Now, oops, that wasn't a good thing. Okay. <laughs> so, on your... Um, out your website and on your Facebook group and on your mm-hmm. Instagram, you, know, you do you know, you um, are sharing things in multiple platforms or multiple you know locations where people live. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what is your current sew along that you're hosting? This summer, we are doing a stash busting event over at String and Story um, because I have two little kids, so I'm pretty strict about how big I let my stash get. And I put some yardage away a couple of weeks ago and realized that my cabinet's full. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work. So we're doing eight weeks of stash busting and everything from organizing your scraps to how to fold your yardage to what kind of patterns can you make that will use up both scraps and yardage effectively um, so that the fabric that we've collected can move from being something that we love and enjoy just for ourselves and become something that we share with the people we care about and become quilts that actually keep them warm instead of just decorating our sewing space, which is lovely. But I like right. to say that my fabric has self life. Yeah. So I like to enjoy it for myself for a little while and then it's time to share it. And I have a lot of fabrics that do to be shared. Right. <laughs> I think we, yeah, we all do. It's like, Oh goodness. Well, you know, you don't get to enjoy it if it's just folded on the shelf. It, you know, right. 
Some people just can't cut it, though. So what do you tell them, Holly Ann, if they're just like, I can't cut that yet? One of the things that I've been looking at lately is figuring out um, what kind of patterns are best suited to the fabric. So especially if there's a fabric that people love for itself, looking into doing bigger piecing, um, which I, I have found that there's a mix in my audience of people who prefer bigger piecing versus smaller. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's that they've always done smaller, more traditional piecing, and they hadn't thought about, oh, I don't have to cut this to a three-inch square. I could mm-hmm. cut this to a 12-inch square and get to preserve the beauty of that fabric but also give it a new life. Um, we're kind of rip the Band-Aid off fast people over at String & Story. We're that way with jumping into free motion quilting and we're that way with cutting up fabric. And, you know, I'm just like, just do it, just get it over with, and mm-hmm. you won't regret it by the time it's a quilt. You know, mm-hmm. you have to just dive in head first before you can think about how cold the water is. Right. <laughs> Do you also write a lot? Because you're like talking in, in stories too. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. I do write a lot. I was an English major because I thought I was going to teach English. Oh, um, yeah. Which I briefly was concerned I wouldn't use my degree, but I, I blog pretty regularly. Right. Um, and <laughs> so I use all that writing, and I'm often astonished at how long I will kind of let myself go in a blog. And Sorry, everybody. I hope it's relevant. (laughs) Try try to stay on task, you know. Oh, that's so funny. So, everybody, I want them to be able to find you. We don't have too much time left. Um, Mm -hmm. It's string and and the word and story.com. And from there, they can find you on Instagram or Facebook, right? Yes. And they can even find Quilts for Cure through there. There's a link directly from String and Story over to Quilts for Cure. Um, and Quilts for Cure is at Quilts for Cure across social media and then quiltsforcure.org. Um, and there's no A in there. Sometimes that confuses people. It's not Quilts for A Care, it's Quilts for Cure. Because um, one of our partner organizations is called Cure. So. Right, right. <laughs> now, do you, do you, um, ha- you have a newsletter so uh, people can I sign do. up for that? Yes, it's a fun newsletter. I include blog posts and things in the quilting community that have caught my eye, stuff I'm working on, upcoming things. Um, I do a Facebook Live um, almost every Thursday. Sometimes it moves around a little bit um, where we have demos and uh, just a general teaching time, usually Thursday mornings. And for the summer on Friday nights, we're doing a Facebook Live social hour, which is it's part of that rip the Band-Aid off fast thing because people oh. are cutting up their scraps <laughs> and organizing them. So we're yeah. doing it together on Friday nights uh, via Facebook Live. So Very lots fun. of things going on. Holly Ann, thank you for being here. You are so welcome, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody visit String and Story and uh, see what Holly Ann is up to. We are going to take a break and then we'll be right back. Our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. 
You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show podcast. It's me, Pat, for the last segment because I haven't uh, done a little segment where I kind of catch you up on what I'm doing and what's going on. And so I thought this would be perfect because I wanted to talk about sew-alongs. I have a brand new one that just started June 14th, and there's plenty of time to jump in on it. And because I haven't really... I had a chance to explain it here in a segment. That is the Splendid Sampler Book 2. Many of you did the Splendid Sampler Book 1, or you have the book, and you're sewing along on your own. This is a a sew-along that I host with my co-author, Jane Davidson, who is an Australian quilt maker, and I've had her on the show. We've talked. And a couple years back, I had said to Jane, you know, I really want to do this big community building with the industry, you know, so along. And uh, I needed, you know, it's too much to do yourself. So I thought, well, Jane's crazy too. So I'll just see if she wants to do it. And she said yes, because I knew she would. And so we did uh, the Splendid Sample. We invited like 80 designers uh, across all types of styles. And we built this gorgeous sampler quilt, um, hosted it week by week, and it was super fun. Well, of course, you know, that part of it ended. The book lives on. People are still making the quilt. People are just joining in making it because it is so spectacular. But we were like, well, that was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to have all these people and have all this sort of um, large-scale sew-along. So we're doing a second one. Uh, which the planning phase of it is quite far ahead of it starting on June 14th. But I wanted to tell you how it works because it's a little bit different because it's no fun to do it exactly the same. Uh, it's, it's Things are always better when you sort of uh, mix them up a little bit because I think that it makes it fresh and exciting for everybody. So there are 80 designers uh, which Jane and I are each one of them. Most of the designers are new to the book, too. Uh, We have a few industry folks that came back, such as the Moda people and the um, publishers. But other than that, everybody else is new to the design uh, group, which gave us a fresh new look to the quilt. I mean, amazing how different the blocks are that you're going to be seeing from book one. It's it's pretty incredible. Cross-section of people and, of course, all different styles. There are 100 blocks because Jane and I did multiple ones. And there are uh, they're all six inches finished, just like the first time. And uh, the design team has packed a lot into those little blocks you're going to see. It's a skill builder, meaning every technique you can possibly think of in quilting will be used. You will be able to try it. It's just one block. Uh, you may have to try that technique again because, you know, they, they the same technique shows up. But there's embroidery, English paper piecing, applique, Uh, foundation piecing, uh, patchwork, of course. Uh, There's just an amazing array of projects. Now, we started June 14th with uh, the first block being 
a friend of ours in the industry, which is Alex Veronelli, who is the brand manager for Orafil USA. And we asked each designer to talk about their best quilting life. You know, what design their block, think about a story once again. So along for me, the story is really important. I like to have sort of a theme running through it. So their best quilting life means just everybody sort of um, brought that into themselves and thought about it in a little bit different way. So you're going to be kind of excited and, and find that really interesting. So Alex's, uh, to kick it off, uh, his block was uh, very, it was patchwork, and it was not too hard, uh, so everybody could sort of get their feet wet with a six-inch finish block. You know, working at small patchwork, you need to take a little bit of time occasionally if you're coming down from 12-inch blocks, you know. Holly Ann was mentioning that where some people, you know, like to showcase big pieces of fabric. Well, in a six-inch block with you're cutting one-inch strips for things, you're not, you know, it's a totally different process than cutting five-inch squares. So the block just every, at least half the design team made the block uh, in their fabrics, fabrics that are their style. We had uh, videos from Jenny Smith in the UK who did her block with Liberty of London fabric. She works with Liberty of London Company using their fabrics. We had Terry Atkinson who did a Facebook, oh, Jenny's is on her YouTube page, um, Terry Atkinson did a block, uh, did the block, and she did a Facebook, um, you know, video. So that was really cool. There was just all kinds of stuff going on. So that was our kickoff, which is June 14th. And uh, now you know that there's uh, been several more blocks. We're doing one a week because what we're doing is the book is not published yet. We have uh, the book date is coming out in the fall, but we decided, you know, Jane and I and our publisher that it would just be way more fun uh, to start the sew along uh, with a gift from us of 20 of the blocks from the book. So each week uh, we are giving one block and there'll be a break. One of the weeks we won't have a block, uh, but there'll be, you know, I think it's 21 weeks and then the book will be shipping. So every week you're going to see uh, a block, and it'll be quite a surprise because you don't know. You know who the designers are. You can go to thesplendidsampler.com. You can find the designer, uh, a link to the designer list on the right sidebar. Uh, but you don't know what their block looks like because the book's not out yet. We're not doing any sneak peeks. So this is a fun part of it. You know, this is kind of the excitement. The book ships, and then we still have 80 blocks to do. And it is going to be fun, 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 because now you have the book, but you don't know which block we're going to assign. You don't know what the other designers, how they're going to do fabric placement. You don't know what the tips are, the tricks or the giveaways, um, extra things that the designers are doing. That's going to be going on as we sew the rest of the 80 blocks. The entire project will be about a year long, which means we'll be doing more than one a week after the book comes out, just because a year is a good length of time to work on a project. Our Facebook group is The Splendid Sampler, and we will continue to work on the project, um, but not, uh, you know, we will continue to work, but not 
you know, have the have assignments. You know, like they'll all be assigned. So everybody will just keep working. We'll probably, you know, be doing reminders and different things like that. So you know, that whole process for the splendid sampler is really going to be super exciting. You can get a. Uh, you can sign up to get an email whenever a new post is done. And that's right on the top of the right sidebar at thesplendidsampler.com. So this project is small blocks. They're going to have a lot going on in them, and they're going to have a ton of techniques. And that speaks to a lot of people. A lot of people like to learn. Any skill level can do this. It's just one seam at a time. Uh, but, you know, if that is not your thing... If you're thinking, oh, you know, I would rather use bigger patchwork or I would, you know, maybe you you just are not into small blocks or you're not into a lot of uh, different techniques or you just want to sew for fun. You know, you don't want to spend so much time. Then you want to do my other sew logs. Uh, we've talked about Grandma's Kitchen here with a few of my guests. Um, talked about the charity project that uh, – Melanie and I are doing with Fat Quarter Shop in Moda uh, for St. Jude's Hospital. But I also run, uh, I love to make quilts at my website, or you can just go to patsloan.com and find it there. I run other sew-alongs. I run a Wednesday, every Wednesday. There's breaks between these. So right now I'm running, uh, just finishing in the summertime, and that will is done. But I will start another one, and it's gonna, I'm going to use Christmas Memories. You, that'll just be the memories. Uh, you know, you don't need to do Christmas memories if you don't want to. I'm, uh, I'm going to be starting that as my Wednesday project. There'll be super simple blocks because we'll be sewing. We'll be starting it over the summer and then into, you know, the fall. But you know, starting it in the summer, I, I don't want to that project to have a lot of anything complex. So it'll be easy peasy. Uh, with a with a Christmas theme running through it, and I'm going to be using Christmas fabric, of course. But you could also sew this with your scraps. You could sew it with any other themed fabric. It doesn't have to be what I'm doing. But it's going to be um, super fun and super easy. I mean, the kind of blocks you can kick them out in a, you know really fast. Now I also run a yearly block of the month which is one block a month uh, for a company called freequiltpatterns.info, uh, and they run websites for uh, quilt shops. And they have this other site that uh, I build uh, projects for, which is one block a month. So we're doing camping this year. So you can join it at any time because the blocks are out there. You can see all the previous ones that I've done. And those are uh, bigger blocks. They're, there's not as many because there's just one a month. And then the last uh, sew-along that you could be involved with that I've got hosting, well, actually two more. I'm doing Moda's uh, Will You Be My Neighbor, which are the big house blocks. They're big, big house blocks. And that's on my website. And whenever I get a chance, you can download them all. They're all there. Whenever I get a chance to make one, then I show mine and, and I write about it. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks, I can sort of get back on track with that. I had some deadlines. I got a little behind on on making the Be My Neighbor blocks. Uh, And that one is fun to just jump in and make. The current one that I just did is so cute. Somebody in the Facebook group made it in Shibori fabrics um, from Moda, and they're just, oh, 
the, the that block with the little houses, the little tiny ones, there's like six of them, so darling. And she's like, I need to make a whole quilt of this. And I said, yes, do that so we can all see it. Um, <laughs> not sure she's going to, but I told her, that would be a good idea. We'd like to see that. Um, so I uh, have, did I tell you this? I have one other one. Oh, yes, the Orifil. That's the last one. Orifils is once a month, and that's where I host the designer of the month. So there's uh, 12 designers, uh, and then I interview them, the story again. I interview them, and they have a block that goes along with travel this year. All of them are designing a block with the theme behind it. It doesn't have to look like it, but the theme behind it is a favorite travel location. Uh, so we are, you know, so we have six blocks. It comes out, those come out on the 15th. Camping comes out on the 1st. But the 15th is when I do the Orifil. And so uh, there's already six blocks. I'm doing mine in black, white, and, and uh, teal, teal, aqua. The designers are doing black, white, and a color. So just depends on what color they like. So there's been orange and there's been um, green. You know, you just never know what will be their color. So you can find everything at PetSloan.com. All uh, the magazine, American Patchwork and Quality Magazine, is doing the UFO Challenge. So you're able to find that, the UFO Challenge, uh, out at Facebook. They have a Facebook group for it. So people are sharing, you know, and they tell you each month which of the which number 12, if you're doing random numbers, they give you the random number. So that's, that's a so along of finishing things. Which is always good. Uh, my group on Facebook is Quilt Along with Pat Sloan, and then the Splendid Sampler has a Facebook group, and I have a Learn to Quilt group, which is a little bit smaller. Uh, people are helping each other to learn uh, learn to quilt, and so it's um, a very casual, very casual learning. I assign some things, but it's a very slow-paced Learn to Quilt in a much smaller group than the big one. So I'm Pat Sloan. I am so happy to have been able to sort of weave a story of sew-alongs today. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.